right, welcome back to the Savant Podcast. This is episode 38, and today we'll be talking uh, NBA for the first time uh, in almost almost a year, probably eight months. Uh, but it's the first time talking for the 2021-22 season, and we are in January 2022 now, so we're going to do kind of a halfway point of the league uh, talk. But we're joined uh, once again uh, by VZ. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm straight chilling. You know, happy new year to everybody. You know, I'm excited to s- on the topics that we're going to discuss today, 100%. Yeah, you were the first guest we ever had on the podcast, and I believe that was episode three. Crazy. Yeah, that was when we were back recording on, like, via Anchor. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, because I guess uh, for, I don't know if they've updated it since then. Shout out to Anchor for, uh, you know, posting our podcast, obviously. Yeah, I guess you could only have two people at a time on a call, so... It was me and Taj at the beginning, and then I added you, and then Taj was just kicked. <laughs> and then Yeah, I remember that. Because I remember I didn't know that he was kicked at first, and I, we were just talking, and then I remember we were like, yo, where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> and then Taj like texted me like, yo, I got kicked. But uh, so we're finally talking, the three of us, basketball, because I remember right after that episode, Taj was like, yo, we got to all talk. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we like moved to Skype, and yeah, the Skype audio, not the greatest, but, but yeah, Taj... Uh, yeah, Britt, take us back to that third episode, and yeah, how excited are you uh, to talk basketball with the three of us? Yeah, about the third episode of the podcast, it was crazy, because I was, like, excited to talk about uh, talk about basketball, and I, it would have been my first introduction to it with VZ, but, like, Anchor's algorithm or, or the platform was, like, messing up, so it was just, like, crazy, and I was, like, speaking, and I couldn't hear you guys, and it just, like, kicked me from the call together, which was crazy, but luckily we have a new platform to get started on, and I'm excited to dive into this episode anyway, because we got some interesting uh, things to talk about. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big things to talk about, and yeah, finally talking the three of us thirty five episodes later, but better late than never. Uh, so we're gonna start off. So just like our NFL uh, podcast since you know the beginning of the twenty twenty one NFL season, we've been doing not from the beginning, but probably three episodes in, we started doing a NFL savant power rankings, and so we're gonna bring that over to the NBA talk as well. Uh, so we're going to do our top 10 teams at this point in the season. Uh, not Nothing to do with, you know, preseason rankings, just, you know, up into this point. It's not going to be the top 10 teams in the standings necessarily because, you know, a lot of teams have struggled with COVID and that's what's, you know, affected them in the standings. So we're going to try and be as objective as possible. But Ishu, I'm going to start with you. So who are your top 10 NBA teams uh, for your Savant power rankings at this point? Okay, for my top 10 teams at the number 10 spot, uh, I put my favorite team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, more so because of uh, Garland's leap um, as far as his offense and averaging around 19 points a game. Um, I think that they have a stud in Evan Mobley, and he could be, I think he's their franchise guy, honestly, Evan Mobley, as well as uh, Isaac Okoro's defensive, his, uh, defensive leap, even though we all knew that uh, coming out of college, defense was his main thing when they drafted him and everything, and he's just perfect for the wing spot. Isaac Okoro, his net rating is like at a plus when he's in the game with Mobley and Allen, which like is crazy, but it works like those two together just work in the lineup. And uh, I think that if Isaac Okoro can make more plays in transition, uh, it'll just work for them. And like the cast team, they have a lot of height and Garland is over 50 percent from mid range. Uh, I read this stat like on Basketball Reference uh, like a few weeks ago. So it's actually insane. But I think that the the Cavs are definitely surprising a a lot of people this year. And it's just exciting to be a Cavs fan right now at this time in basketball, even though they have a few injuries with Ricky Rubio going out um, and Colin Sexton as well. But I think once the team is fully together and they, you know, 
maybe next season. They got Rondo now. Yeah, and they got yeah, they just got Rondo actually. When the team is all together, I think that they'll be able to do some amazing things. Uh, but at the nine spot, I put the Nuggets. I think that they're gonna surprise some teams later on in the season once everything gets uh back together. You know, with the whole COVID situation and uh rescheduling the games. Number eight, I put the Seventy Sixers. They're they're low on this list because like the the chemistry issues with Ben Simmons, who I think that they may be getting ready to trade this season or definitely um towards the back half of the off season. Who knows? Some of their struggles are like they're 29th in pace and they, you know, they just, I don't know, the team just doesn't look the same and they need like, uh, they, I feel like a piece of that team is just missing. I think that it'll come soon, but I think that they can definitely surprise a few people Um, come playoff time. At the seventh spot, I got the Utah Jazz, a very great defensive team. They're hugging a luxury tax right now. Like Rudy Gobert may be a slight overpay at this point. But the the reason why I I would have knocked them down is because like on my list because they need some more perimeter defense. I feel like Royce O'Neal is like their only guy. They need some more perimeter defenders. But three and D. Yeah, they got Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley. Like they got some some good pieces. They just like a few steps away from being. They could be in the top five to be honest with you. At my sixth spot, I put the the Memphis Grizzlies because John ja Moran is like becoming a superstar and like defenders are like not able to stay in front of him, which is like they just can't guard him. It's crazy his finishing ability. It's insane. And he's just making insane leaps. And I think that we can all agree on that. He is like, at this point, probably the best uh, rookie to come out of his respective draft class. Even though Zion is good, I do give Zion his praise, but injuries are like definitely plaguing yeah. his career at this moment. And we just have to see how he looks when he gets back. You know, he just had the surgery, et cetera. Um, number five, I put the Milwaukee Bucks because, you know, they're uh, the champions of last year. So they're going to have a lot to prove this season. They got Drew Holiday, who's just been clutch for them. Averaging around 18, 4, and 6. They got Bobby Portis, who's an amazing shooter, and he's averaging like 15 and 8 right now this season. So I think that they'll definitely come hard. And Giannis is, as, you know, as much as I don't really like seeing his team win, like he's just like, he's that guy. So uh, I think that they're definitely going to do some amazing things come playoff time. Number four, I had to put the balls in there. The Chicago Bulls. DeMar DeRozan is by far having his best season. A lot of his post-ups are leading to a free throw attempt. So he's becoming a bigger, you know, free throw attempts guy. Alex Caruso was like, among the top players in steals. Like, I think he was leading the league in steals at one point. Yeah. And I think he's eighth in total steals. I'm not too sure about that stat. But, yeah, they've just been hitting a lot of game winners. And just, like, Bleacher Report and a lot of other people were writing off the Chicago Bulls team once DeMar DeRozan came. And it's insane that they're improving, you know, they're proving a bunch of people wrong. So that's exciting for Chicago Bulls fans. And they, they really got to enjoy that. At my number three spot, I put the Brooklyn Nets because uh, KD's just been carrying them. Um, Harden has been inconsistent though, because you have some games where he'll look amazing, like his, you know, his prime self, and then he has other games where the defense can make him, you know, they can, the defense can make him stop midway through the uh, possession and just make him make some foolish plays. But I think that Harden will get it together come playoff time, and Kyrie's making his return. I'm not too sure when he's making his return, but, you know, that's always going to be good for him. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. And tomorrow. Yeah, actually, a lot of the guys on the bench have been um, just, like, providing them clutch points. I know they got uh, Claxton. It's just Patty Mills. Yeah, Patty Mills. They're a stacked team, and it's just, like, once Kyrie comes back, that's just be, like, uh, icing on top of the cake. Number two spot, I put the Phoenix Suns, you know, because they have a lot of shooters. Aiden has actually been solid this year. I'm excited to see Devin Booker just go off and show that he's that guy. And I think he's been proving a lot to a lot of people that he's among one of the top guys in the league by now. And I think he deserves his flowers now. Um, yeah, Chris Paul, amazing defender, and he's great for leading the team. But I still think that the Phoenix Suns should have took Tyrese Halliburton. You know, I'm going to talk about him later on in this episode. But 
you know, they did take, uh, I, I think his name, Isaiah Smith or Zy- some, something Smith and not as good as uh, Tyrese Halliburton, but like Jalen Smith, I think. Yeah, Jalen Smith. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jalen Smith. Yeah. Yeah, he started the other game and I was, I was talking to like a Suns fan on Twitter and because he was like, oh, because I think uh, Aiton and McGee were out and then he was starting at center and he had 18 points. I was actually like pretty shocked. <laughs> but I like I made a joke about Jalen Smith and he was like, yeah, because I think Suns fans are low key pissed up until this point. He's done nothing. Yeah, they should have took Halliburton. But yeah, I put the Suns at my number two spot. And for my number one spot, I put the Warriors. Curry just beating at the getting that milestone with the three point record. Wiggins new newfound purpose in the league has just been amazing. Like he was a number one pick and obviously he didn't live up to the hype. But I feel like he's found a home with a uh, Golden State. And I just like his new role, even though he fizzled out towards being one of the like best players in the league. And I just think that the Warriors defense is like very slept on as well. Like, their defense um, and rotations in the zone and, like, inside the paint is amazing. I feel like they, they're they definitely going to put it on, put their defense on a lot of teams, and they're going to, a lot of teams are going to struggle against that defense because they have the uh, least amount of shots per game in the restricted area as well. So I think that the Warriors are going to be amazing. I still want to see James Wiseman come back because he was my favorite uh, rookie out of his respective draft class. And they got some clutch uh, players. They got Jordan Poole. I'm still excited to see uh, Kamiga and what he what he can provide. But I just feel like once this Warriors team is fully healthy, they'll, they're will they going to do a lot of amazing things. And I feel like they have a great young core with their young guys. And it just blends well with Curry, Clay, and, and Draymond. But those are my top 10 uh, rankings, uh, my power rankings uh, for this NBA season. All right. So for my top 10 power rankings, I'm starting number 10. I'm gonna go with the Hornet. Man, I'll I know they're on a two-game losing streak, but they're they're hovering around 50%. But something about this team is just like it they're so fucking fun to watch. The like I was watching their last game and um the the Lamello and Rozier chemistry is unbelievable. And I think that's that game when Rozier hit he like six threes, or I don't even know. He just went crazy on that game. You know, the court the coaching, um, I expected nothing but coaching from uh, I forget his name but um do anybody do does anybody know the coach's name yeah it's like the young guy with the beard I have no idea he's from he's from he's from uh, Popovich Popovich's uh Spurs tree Mm, okay but um you know uh the Hornets have been dope I have a feeling they're gonna make they're definitely gonna make a play and see they're eighth right now um hovering exactly 1919 I have a feeling they're just going to make a play in and then, you know, then b- get bounced in the first round. But obviously, LaMelo being, like, crazy. Like, I always knew he had a great vision, core vision. But it's just that he's making his team, like, this is, like, a different team. This is, like, I forgot, like, they had the worst record of all time at one point. But, um, you know, obviously, Rozier. And then let's talk about Miles Bridges. That's a crazy leap. Like, wow, I don't even know. Like he's been just balling out of control. So um he's he he that team's fun to watch. Obviously Gordon Hayward. Um I got Hayward on my fantasy. It's a love and hate relationship. Um like this motherfucker had one point at one point, like in one game. I was just like, all right, whatever. But you know what? Hayward's good. He's good as like the third or fourth option. But I got the Hornets as number ten. Uh number nine. Ooh, where do I go for number nine? This is um you know, I'm going to go for the Cavs. Cavs is good. I like the Cavs, man. They're looking good. I was reading a pod. I was looking at this podcast on TikTok based on the situation of the Lakers, which we'll probably get to that at some point. What would you guys, would you think based on the current roster right now, if Le- would you, would LeBron go there and 
bring that Cavaliers team to a championship. Yeah, 100%. But I mean, I, I don't think he would go there. Yeah. But he could definitely, like, this team's better than, but it's better than the last Cavs team he had. And even, yeah, like, the, the first run against the Warriors with Love and uh, Irving out. And then the first time he went against the Spurs, yeah. and, you know, they dropped 4-0. Those last two teams were Rodney Hood. Yeah, so the Cavs are looking nice, man. It sucks that Rubio and then uh, Sexton went down. I honestly, like, I don't I, – I want Jared Allen and um, uh, Garland to be in the All-Star game. Either one, 100%, because at this point, they're fifth place. They're literally like if they win um the next game and the Heat loses, they're they'll be in fourth place. So I got them at number nine. Number eight, I gotta go with the Nuggets. Um Jokic having another great year. It's just unfortunate that they were just been derailed with injuries. Like right now it's a one man show. Like it's like um I have uh, Monte Morris on my uh, fantasy. He's been solid for them as their starting guard, but obviously we need Jamal back and you know I don't think he's going to he's going to have rust in him by the time he comes back. So I definitely have them right now as um, number eight. And you know what? Of course, they tried their best with getting Austin Rivers in to provide that uh, the, uh, to show up their defense and then Jeff Green as well. But you know what? It I don't think they're going to go far um, regarding that. It just all depends if Jokic stays healthy, which I think he will. They'll definitely probably hopefully probably make the second round on that. I got no hopes higher for them. Yeah, number six, I'm going to go with uh, the Grizzlies. Man, the Grizzlies are fun to watch, too, man. These, uh, like, Jaw, I love I love seeing Jaw just blossom into a superstar in our own eyes. Like, there's a lot of players in this league that, like, he's, what, second year? Second year, right? No, third. So, um, it's just awesome that he's, like, carrying. They have a solid team, man. Like, I, I love the coaching there, the culture there. You know what? They know what's up. Like Memphis fans, they know exactly what's what's up because even back in the grit and grind days, they know exactly like what to do from there. And I'm happy. I'm glad to see um uh the Grizzlies going up. And then um who I got now? I'm at number six. So number six, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go with the Miami Heat. Miami Heat, they've been derailed with a lot of injuries, uh with COVID and everything like that. And obviously, um Duncan Robinson being out for a period of time, but you know you gotta get props to Jimmy and Kyle Lowry for bringing that, for keeping the culture up over there. And I honestly think like you know Kyle was their missing piece. I don't think they're gonna make the finals just because the East has gotten way better over the last like year. Um, but I could definitely see them making some noise. And then number five, number five, I got Philly. Philly, you know they're on a four game win streak right now. They're doing a great job, even without their uh, bitch-ass star, Ben Simmons. At this point, I think Philly's gearing up for a fucking state, uh, like a trade for him. Like, at this point, I just, I don't have respect for Ben Simmons anymore. Like, how the fuck are you, like, what, you're four, you're five, and you can't even shoot a goddamn, like, three. Like, I don't understand. Go seek a goddamn therapist at this point. I don't know, but holy shit. Like, I, I, I just don't know. How do you lose 10 mil? $10 million. That's how much you lost in fines and all, all that bullshit. So if I had $10 million, you know what I would have done? $10 million? God damn. Like, I don't understand the, the IQ of this fucking idiot, but I got them at number five. So number four, who I got? I'm going to go with the Jazz. Uh, I fucking hate the Jazz, but like with a passion. I hate their fans. I hate 
the organization in general, they're just a fucking shitty organization. And I always tell people, Donovan Mitchell is going to leave. I'm guaranteed. They all, every like franchise star they had left. We go all the way back to, let's say, Darren Williams, right? And you all you and then you had uh, Gordon Hayward. If you go years prior before that, Carmelone left too. Carmelone, Carlos Boozer, right? Here's your like one two guy of Darren Williams, Ar- Andre Karlenko as well. Jefferson, Jeffer- Al Jefferson, yes. And then um, the only guy that stood for a long period of time is the great John Stockton. But anyways, enough of that. So I love Donovan Mitchell. Um, definitely. I do have, I'm a huge critic of Donovan Mitchell in terms of like his game, but um, I still feel like he still needs to improve if he wants to be that, take that next step level. I don't know. I'm just really, I'm just really a harsh critic of Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert, don't even get me started with that guy. Non-playable Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. That's all I call him. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand how he is a higher ranking than DeMar DeRozan MVP ranking. I don't know. He's posting great numbers. But we know, we already know exactly what he brings to the playoffs, which is fucking gets exposed. How the hell do you get, ex- how does your defensive play of the year get exposed like that in the playoffs, man? Like, you're not playable. So I got them, was at number five, right? Or number, I'm at four now. So four now. So number four, um, I'm going to go with the Mavericks. I'm going to go with the Mavericks. Number four, the Mavs. They have a similar, they have a similar, um, record between um the this the, the record between the jazz and the third seed all the way up to the sixth seed or is like a couple games off i love what the mavs mavericks are doing at this point we just need luca to stay fucking healthy they're on a three-game win streak so you know what they're doing well at the end of the day it's just gonna be another first round loss um obviously tim hardaway jr is having a little bit of a down year regarding that and and uh we seeing we're seeing pandemic p Porzingis. Having a little bit of bounce back year, but I don't know. I don't know if him and uh, Luca are going to work um, past this season. I'm kind of looking at the trade, li- trade deadline for the Mavericks. They need a little bit more perimeter defense around those guys so to show up their uh, weak line there. And at number three, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with the Bucks. You know, the Bucks, the reigning camps. Obviously, with Brooke Lopez being out, Chris Milton missing some time. A lot of guys stepped up. And even with uh, Bobby Portis, I was going to say Bobby Schmerz for a second, um, but Bobby Portis um, being out for a period of time, they got DeMarcus Cousins. You know, DeMarcus Cousins providing them great backup center minutes. Um, Bobby Portis is having a great year. I think he's like averaging 17 and 8 or something like that. Um, Giannis is like, Giannis is the man. You know, uh, round of applause to him. And we just mean, uh, Noah were talking about this the other day, um, just about how he developed from like just a basic like cutter and now to your facilitator your main defender your rim protector number three i'm gonna go with obviously i'm gonna go with the warriors um warriors are gonna make some noise 100 percent clay coming back you already know wiggins is having a redemption year not making us canadians look like a bunch of fools with drafting him by number one um he's having a great year curry with that three-point record 100 percent give his flowers out obviously um we would love to see Wiseman back at this point. Um, so that would be scary to watch. And then um, number two, I'm going to go with the Nets. Katie, enough said. Um, obviously, Patty Mills has been providing great de- uh, point guard 
making, especially of Kyrie being out until tomorrow. So yeah, I give the Nets, and then Lamarcus Aldridge making a comeback, and Blake Griffin not being playable at this point of his career. So you know, shout out to the Nets. And number one, I'm gonna go with the Bulls. I love the team. Demar Derozan's having a career year. Alex Caruso at one point was leading the league in steals. He got injured, and then I think Chris Paul was leading the league at one point. Um, but they have they have a great team, man. And you know what? Nikola Vucevic has been really helpful as a third option. I think they need one more piece in order to be legit, legit. I feel like they need like one more perimeter defender, and they're set. So I got that was my that's my ten right there. I know I went a little bit off there, but you know anything with Ben Simmons related, I could go off tangent for a second. Awesome, solid list from both of you. So on to my top ten. So starting at ten, I got the Cavs. Uh, I'll get into more of the stats when we talk about you know biggest surprises, but. Yeah, just like, you know, Issue and VZ said, you know, Garland definitely, you know, playing into that kind of franchise point guard. You know, I remember back when he was, you know, in that draft class and, you know, he dropped because, you know, only played a certain, I think, like 20 games or less than that uh, in his only season uh, in the, you know, college basketball. But before that year, you know, he was a top three uh, recruit, you know, coming in. So I always knew he had the talent. And then, you know, obviously had a bit of chemistry issues with Colin Sexton at times. And and I was worried when Colin Sexton went down because I was like, yo, what's going on? And But he's been amazing. You know, uh, I believe he's like fourth in defensive rating at this point. And then obviously Evan Mobley was very high on him, you know, coming to last year's draft. Honestly, like Cade, him and, you know, Jalen Green, you know, you could go, you know, all three of them, I think were, you know, definitely the they could have gone number one. And the one thing I'm biggest surprised about is the chemistry with Jared Allen and Mobley on the floor. Like, I just wasn't sure how that was going to work out, but it's been, you know, perfect so far. And then having Laurie Markin and those three on the floor, like, that's a a long lineup. Uh, So got the Cavs there at number 10. Number 9, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, definitely would like to have them higher as, you know, when Joel's healthy and on his game, he's, you know, top five in the league. But, yeah, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with uh, Ben Simmons because, you know, they're going to need some assets, you know, back to really compete against, you know, some of the teams that are higher on this list in the East especially. And, yeah, like Issue said, they're, you know, low in pace. And, yeah, that definitely has a lot to do with, you know, Ben Simmons not being there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go on a tangent as as well with him. But, yeah, I just just don't understand what's going on because... You know, we've talked about Kyrie a lot, and but his issue is a lot different. This guy's got, you know, clearly, clearly has mental problems going on. Yeah, some might say he might be the AB of, he, he might be turning into the AB of the NBA. But yeah, moving on from the 76ers, I got the Grizzlies. So yeah, really impressed by them. They had that big win over the Thunder, you know, the, the biggest margin ever in NBA history. And without John Morant in that game which is crazy, and I'm really impressed with how this team's been playing without Jaw. Because we saw last year when he went out, and they kind of fell, they, although they didn't have Jaron Jackson for most of last year. But yeah, Dylan Brooks, love the way he's been playing, balling out, second leader score on the team. And then this really shows that, you know, the I'm not sure the GM's name, but their front office is phenomenal because they've really, you know, obviously drafting Jaw, like kind of, you know, fell to their lap at number two, but... You know, having, you know, all these other guys, you know, not Jaron Jackson, like I said, but Desmond Bain, you know, De'Anthony Melton. These are good, you know, 3 and D guys. 
And then the bench they have, Tyus Jones, you know, Kyle Anderson coming from the pop system, really developing. Adams. Yeah, Steven Adams too. Yeah. And his passing ability too, man. Although, like, I will say, like, JV's definitely having a better year. And, like, yeah, like, we're not going to get to the Pelicans because, you know, they're at the bottom of the league. But I've been shocked by his, you know, the three-pointers. Like, I think one game he had six threes. Against the Clippers. Yeah. It's so funny because, like, you know, him and the former Raptor, you know, DeMar as well, you know, they both couldn't shoot threes. I mean, obviously JV because, you know, he was a big. But, you know, I'll get to the Bulls. But all of the, you know, the, you know, threes, like, you know, the buzzer beater that, you know, he hit the other night. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And and this just shows, I'll get to some more people on this list, you know, developing their jump shot. It just shows there's no excuse for Ben Simmons not being able to shoot. You know, there, there is just no excuse at all. On to number seven, I got the Miami Heat. I uh, would like to have them higher on this list, but, you know, they've been struggling with, you know, COVID and injuries. But I loved how they started the year because I drafted, you know, we'll get to the fantasy later, but I drafted Tyler Harrow. Because I expected him to have like a, you know, a big jump, you know, after, you know, not just because he put on some weight this year, but, you know, it clearly looks like he's been working on his game and, you know, his favorite, you know, player is Devin Booker. So I feel like he can definitely make the jump and, you know, he started the year really strong coming off the bench. You know, like VZ said, Duncan Robinson not being able to play. He's kind of struggled, you know, this year a little bit after giving, getting that big contract. And I do think that, you know, this team... I think the only teams that could probably beat them in the East is you know, the Nets. I, I don't think the Bulls can beat them yet. You know, and that's going to be a good, if that's a matchup, you know, Kyle Lowry versus DeMar, uh, that, that would be a good matchup for sure. And yeah, Bam also started, he struggled a bit to start the year too. Uh, but yeah, his defensive, defensive reign has been, you know, amazing just offensively. Uh, so to number six, I got the Bucks. Uh, they're, they're still my favorite in the East, you know, just based off, you know, them winning last year and when they're healthy and obviously we can argue that the Nets you know should have beat them with a healthy team you know in that first game they did get blown out or first two games I should say yeah I love the addition of Grayson Allen and then you know they'll have you know DiVincenzo coming back and because I remember when he went down before the playoffs I was really worried because you know he would have been a perfect you know defender and it turns out they didn't really need him but yeah they with him and Grayson Allen you know, kind of the, those three and D guys, I think that and another ball handler, you know, other than Middleton and Drew Holiday to kind of because, you know, they are they have gone injured a few times this year and really impressed with Drew Holiday's defense as. Yeah, we, we saw that, you know, in the NBA finals uh, this past year. But yeah, got the Bucks at number six and then number five, I got the Jazz. So I believe they're a bit higher, you know, in, in the standings wise, but yeah, not as dominant as last year. You know, they were for, you know, they had the number one seed for quite a while. And yeah, you know, Rudy Gobert, you know, he's clearly not, you know, the most playable guy in the playoffs. And, you know, you look at his, if you watch, there's probably videos on YouTube of him getting burned on, uh, in the post by, you know, more elite big man like Jokic and Embiid. Yeah, I have to say his offense, you know, start the year 15.7, you know, career high for points per game you know he's got that's terrence man's son by the way (laughs) terrence man's son son. yeah for sure and then uh we got 15 boards like and that's those are impressive numbers he's been putting that up for a while but obviously you know the mvp and but i i honestly i can't understand why derozan is behind him and i guess you could say you know levine is averaging the pretty much the same amount of points as derozan but 
like we saw what happened with the Bulls last year with this team, and obviously they added Lonzo and Caruso. I just don't see the just Jazz team how they got better because Clarkson, you know, their six man of the year last year. You know, he's shooting under forty percent from three and the field. So you know, he's having an off year, and Bogdanovich is like their second leading scorer, and that you can't win with that. You know, so yeah, I definitely think they're gonna have to add some pieces at the trade deadline. Yeah, and I, I want to get your uh, take on this, VZ, because I remember back when Paul George was on the Pacers, you were a big fan. Because I remember uh, that playoff series against the Raptors. Uh, we watched one of those games, but I think I feel like in what he's done in the playoffs so far, and obviously, you know, the way you know Paul George was going up against LeBron and you know kind of holding his own to some extent, but I feel like they have a very similar career trajectory at the beginning you know he you know brought them won a few playoff series you know last year and he's he's going off in the playoffs and have these big games but he's not really getting the help but I feel like like you were saying he's gonna have to leave I don't think he can be the number one like maybe he could develop into it but I think he's gonna need you know a Batman or he has to be you know the Robin to Batman but what do you what do you think about him so you're right I remember exactly we were at, we were originally at the bar at Browns watching that you know what? It is 100% accurate because at that point, Paul George, he had a great supporting cast. And you know what? Like, I'll never forget, like, watching him because that dunk on Birdman was just like, that's his Kodak moment becoming super. So, like, the way I see John Morant, like, and the, like seeing him, like, just crazy progressing is how I saw Paul George in that whole playoff year. You're right. At that point, Donovan is, he can't be like the main guy. The thing is with the Utah Jazz, Donovan's the only one that's shown progress. Obviously, Gobert, like obviously his 16, 15 and like all that. But all these other guys stayed still. Like Mike Conley's having a career low year. He's having a down year. Um, What do you call it? Jordan Clarkson is like shooting below 40% on all the fields. Um, their second leaders of Bonjanovic is just the same basic dude. Like, here's the thing of Utah: you got Dwayne Wade as your minority owner. You have that name there to shine on bringing secondary superstars. But my thing is, Donovan we need to pull a Paul George. He needs to. He's stuck in a sort of a Damian Lillard situation, but not as bad as Damian Lillard, which we'll get into that later. But he does need to leave Utah. Obviously, different paths right there because Donovan Mitchell has yet to lead his team to East, uh, to a Western to a conference final, and obviously we love him. Uh, he's an electrifying player, but it just shows like you know he can't do it all alone. Obviously, Paul George. It's sort of even though it's been like been ten years already this year since we saw Paul George blowing up, it's just crazy. So that obviously that era of the NBA and this era is a little bit different, even though it doesn't seem that far long ago. But at this point, he needs to have like a 1A and 1B. Like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are a 1A and 1B. They, they could be both number one options on a playoff team. Donovan Mitchell needs a 1B player. You know what I'm saying? He could be the 1A, 1B. If Utah can land a player like that, which I highly doubt, because who the fuck wants to play in Utah, right? It, at this point, he would need to leave Utah to find somebody. He needs to get his shit sorted out in terms of like, I know I could tell like when he plays, he pays with heavy passion, but at this point he just, he needs to leave and follow, not necessarily follow Paul George's path, but he needs to like, 
use Paul George as an example. It's like, hey, I can't do it all alone. I've dueled with one of the youngest prospects in the game with Joe, Jamal Murray. Um, I We fucking blew, like, a huge lead on a Game 7 last year against a one-man show in, uh, in with the Clippers. And you got Terrence Mann dropping 39 points on us. So at this point, it, it's it's a break, make or break season for Donovan Mitchell. That's what I have to say. And you know what? It's he has to do a lot of decisions in terms: is my future here? Do I need to talk to management, ownership about you know potentially trying to land a one B or one A like star, or do I have to take my talents elsewhere? At this point, he has he he should look at Paul George's options. Um, not look at Paul George, but look at Paul George as like. Uh, a trajectory and see like where he went and where he's at right now. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And yeah, it's funny you bring up, you know, Dwayne Wade, because obviously they're not going to win the championship this year. We can all agree on that. But if they don't like, cause obviously Quinn Snyder, I think he's talented enough coach, you know, he's, he's proven that I think D Wade, like, unless he wants to be, you know, the Michael Jordan of owners and yeah, Michael has gotten a lot better in the last few years, but it just, you know, happened. Yeah. He's going to have to sit down with Donovan, sit down with, you know, the coaching staff and really try to recruit. Like, I think he's going to have to do that because what's it going to say on him if, you know, Donovan Mitchell just wants to leave? I think so too. Like, and I, and I'm going to be honest, like, it's not like Zaire Wade is going to come and like, yeah, be that, you know, Robin. I mean, who knows what happens, you know? Obviously, he's going to grind in the G League, but uh, clearly he's not going to be in the starting lineup anytime soon, maybe ever. Because think about it. When's the last time that the Utah Jazz landed an all-star player in free agency? Don't tell me Mike Conley's an all-star player because he's not. Okay? He just got honorary selected. I don't fucking know why. But when's the last time they got one? Yeah, no one. Literally no one. There you go. Yeah, moving on from them, and then the team I just was like speaking of, the Bulls, so, yeah, I got to give it to DeMar playing MVP caliber year, 27 a game. Yeah, he, he's top three in, you know, MVP for me right now. Uh, Levine, you know, 26 a game. And, yeah, he's shooting 50% from the field and 42 from three, which is very impressive for a guy who couldn't shoot and was just, uh, you know, that athletic, kind of had that, you know. What's his free throw percentage? I believe it is in the 90s or 88. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, like high. So, yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, he's having a really good year, you know, an all-time, you know, stat year. But it's all going to come down to, you know, the playoffs at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, really impressed with his progression. And here's another example of Ben Simmons. You know, no reason. And another player to bring up, Lonzo Ball. And, you know, he's not stuffing the stat sheet per se as, you know, he's probably the third option. Sometimes fourth when Cruz is, you know, handling the ball. You know, he's 13-5-5 five five this year, which is, you know, a bit down numbers for him. But he's 43% from the three and the field, which I don't know if what his numbers were last year. But, you know, he's clearly improving, you know, every year with this shooting. There's, you know, there's been a few games where he's had those clutch threes uh, for this team. Uh, as of late, it's just been, you know, DeMar just going off. But this is a super you deep team. He, yeah, sorry. You know what he reminds me of? Like, Lonzo reminds me is like, he'll obviously never end up being a, a all-star Cowboy player like his younger brother. But at this point, we know who he is. Yeah. I He reminds me of Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, I don't mm. think he's ever been an all-star. Yeah. But he's always been, like, that glue guy that can mm-hmm. distribute, defend, like, and be your, like, typical point guard, yeah. glue point guard guy. And even if you you can compare him to, he's not going to be a Hall of Fame, but even, like, a J-Kid, like a light, you know, J-Kid. Yeah. To a certain extent. Because he's got that, 
got that long wingspan, can shoot. Well, 42%. Like, I feel like J-Kid had a much better shooting years, but... Later on. Yeah, and he could rebound, you know, just like J-Kid did. But, uh, yeah, and deep team, too, as we said, Caruso... You know, Vucevic is playing good. I was a little bit questionable how yeah. he was going to fit with this team after last year. He was kind of, you know, struggling a bit on the on the floor. But, you know, they got Derek Jones too. Colby White, you know, he's coming back from injury. He's playing, you know, decent enough as, you know, he's kind of been demoted, you know, down the starting line or uh, down the rotation because of these new additions. But, yeah, happy because he was, you know, a stud at North Carolina. So happy mm-hmm. to see him back. Uh, but on to number three. So I got the Nets. Uh, yeah, KD leading. The team, you know, 29.8 points per game, no surprise. He's been doing this since he's came into the league. But, yeah, the struggles with Harden are, uh, you know, very evident as, you know, his lowest three-point percentage of his career. And, yeah, it's, it's his lowest PPG since his third year in the season in uh, OKC. Really? Uh, which is, yeah, very uh, yeah, very alarming. Uh, but, uh, and, yeah, and, you know, with the free throw stuff, because I was curious, like, has his attempts dropped a lot, you know, with these new rules. And he actually had less, like, so this year has 8.2 per game. And the last year was actually 7.3. But uh, so, and then the years before that, you know, he was in the 10s and, you know, 11s. Yeah. But it is like the 8.2 is his third lowest since his uh, third year in OKC. So he's, yeah, he's really regressing to a certain extent. I don't know if he's been in shape. You know, hanging out with a little baby in the offseason and Paris uh, getting arrested um, or whatever. <laughs> you know what, though? But, uh, Harden's, Harden's yeah. numbers are not that bad. It's just like, because he's... Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, fantasy-wise, he's a yeah amazing player still, but... His three-point percentage is just garbage. And some of those turnovers, I don't know if you've watched, like, some of those bad turnovers, like, it just doesn't look like he's caring. Like, uh, what's the name? Jake Jake Matthews or yeah. the, the Australian guy, like, stripped him of the ball when he was rolling it up the court. Like, I hate when players do that, you know? And that's why LeBron does it all the time. Like, remember that was that one where he rolled up all the way to the three-point line? Oh, yeah. And then just, like, took a three. People were just pissed at him because of that. I think that was his first year in L.A. Yeah, and then Kyrie's coming back, as you said, tomorrow. Uh, only for away games, obviously. I believe in a few weeks he is playing. They're playing four away games, so that will be uh, for those fantasy owners who have Kyrie. That'll be a big week for them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it remains to be seen. You know what's going to happen. You know maybe if the you know COVID gets a little bit better, maybe New York will change their stance. I don't think so. If we're being honest, they man, their new mayor, uh, their new mayor's like. He's like, he's on his shit. Like, I watched him with the press conference. He, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, but probably not. And uh, and yeah, I got to give uh, my flowers to LaMarcus Aldridge as, you know, I've been, you know, pretty big fan. Like, he was, you know, when he was in Portland and yeah. you know, when Dame, you know, first came there. Uh, as I was like, you know, a big Harden. I was a big fan of, you know, the OKC Big Three. And then when Harden went to the uh, Rockets, I would watch them quite a bit. You know, Dwight Howard went there and then. You know, in that game where, uh, you know, um, Dame's, like, first big buzzer beater. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that that still gives me chills. I mean, not as crazy as the Paul George one, but still crazy, you know, for how young he was in his career. But, yeah, he's, you know, 14 points per game. And after having all the, you know, the retirement and the heart issues, yeah, I'm just glad to see him back and that he's healthy and he's performing. Because, he's you know, he's dropping the odd game. He'll drop, you know, 20 and 10. Uh, and then he'll like, you know, have the bad odd game. But but yeah, like this team is definitely still dangerous with just KD and Harden. And, yeah, you know, I think they, you know, Claxton's been good. But I think, which is face, not uh, not Joe Ingles, but uh, 
Joe Harris. You know, he he's been he's been shooting okay, but it doesn't seem like Joe Harris. Yeah, he needs to come back. Compared, like he was uh, near like almost fifty percent three point, and I think he's at like forty three right now. But in the playoffs, he hasn't been good though. No, that's the thing. Yeah, you forget. I, I remember there's a bunch of memes like Joe Harris forgetting how to shoot in the playoffs. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, KD having to go god mode pretty much every game. Yeah. But uh, so now to number two, I got the Suns. Uh, yeah, Booker with a definitely better start to this year than last year. Yeah. You know, I remember even though they were doing well for most of the year, and even if I remember the first few games in the season, they like they were like two and three or two and four, and then they went on that big like win streak. And yeah, I was like, damn, they're kind of struggling to start the year, but. Yeah, they've been super impressive so far. Yeah, Aiton is leading the team in PER, which I was pretty surprised by. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, obviously not getting that contract. You know, that's what that was pretty big. Really questionable giving. Yeah, Br- Bridges has been good, and you're gonna have to give him that money. But giving like Shaman, like what is it, like forty or fifty mil? Wow, that was very questionable. Yeah, guy who can just get the veterans minimum, honestly, on a championship team, and they are a championship team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe there are other suitors, but at that point, it's like you have Cam Johnson, you have Cameron Payne. It's like, do you need? And I know their team's super deep, but you're gonna have to pay Aiden at some point, and because CP3 is there for like three more years, I believe. Yeah, yeah, like deepest team in the league nonetheless and yeah really impressed with the way frank kaminsky's been playing you know obviously he was ncaa player of the year his last year in wisconsin and yeah he struggled yeah i believe he was drafted by the the hornets and yeah couldn't really get it going there you know with all the bigs they draft every year i swear but yeah he's been playing really well with eight and out you know he's kind of been a fantasy option for the first time in his career which is crazy but uh yeah, and the fact they got, you know, JaVale and him to kind of... JaVale was huge, man. Yeah, to wow. ease the, ease the you, know, uh, you know, the schedule and minutes off Aiton, which I think will be big yeah. as, you know, they saw how effective he was in the playoffs and, you know, they might have to play AD again. And, you know, who knows what we'll see from Wiseman and, you know, the Warriors. And because who knows, maybe Draymond will just play the five uh, for the whole game. But, yeah, that brings me to the Warriors. So, number one... It really, really hurts putting them in number one because I'm like really not, not a big fan, but I got to give Curry his flowers. I feel like I've spoken very positive and optimistic about Curry on this podcast, but in real life, I'm very, very against him. I'm, you know, LeBron, Bron Stan through and through. So I've been very against Curry, but I got to give him his flowers. It's just insane. Like, I think I saw if he if he misses, like, the next 500 threes, he still has a better three-point percentage than Ray Allen, which is crazy. Like, if you think about it, like, that's that's nuts, and that's, like, kind of rough. But, yeah, it just shows, you know, what an amazing shooter he is. And then to do it at MSG is another thing. Yep. You know, so, yeah, I got to give him props. And, yeah, Jordan Poole, like, really been impressed with him this year, and now he's going to be, you know, coming. He came off the bench last night, scored, like, 33 points. Or, you know, something, 30, 30 something points and, you know. Great fantasy asset. Yeah, great fantasy asset. And now with Clay coming back, like, he's still, like, a good fantasy asset because they're going to ease Clay into it. But this team is just getting scarier and scarier because, yeah, Clay, we know Clay doesn't need to dribble the ball to drop, like, 30, 40 points. Like, we all know that. We've all seen those highlights. And Clay's, in my opinion, he has the best release because, you know, Curry, yeah. if you watch, like, a lot of, you know, people who are, we're not experts on basketball and, and shooting, but the, you know, the shooting coaches, his mechanics, yeah, his mechanics, Curry's mechanics are, you don't want to watch him in practice, you know, shooting threes. 
but they always say watch Clay's because he's he's got the same release point every time he shoots. And yeah, I've been a big fan of him all the way back when he was at Washington State. Yeah, you know, and uh, which is you know just below British Columbia. But yeah, and then Draymond, you know, being Draymond, I think he's definitely the glue of this team. Like when they were struggling last year, he was missing quite a bit of games. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's eight, seven, and eight. You know, numbers. His numbers never really jump off the chart, but. Although in the game seven, when the Cavs won, he did have a 30-point triple-double, uh, which shows when he is on, he could be, you know, and he's a future Hall of Famer. Like, I think, you know, people who don't say that. Draymond? Yeah. In, in my opinion, he's definitely, you know, he's, he is. I would put him top 10 defender, maybe of all time. Yeah. Now, I'm not ready to put top five yet, because I know he says he's like the best defender ever, which is some BS, because, uh, but yeah, one of the best defenders ever. And then, yeah, Ig- Iguodala, like, Man must be like thir- late 30s. 39. You know, he had that clutch three against the Jazz the other night. And uh, it kind of brought back memories of the Max Kellerman, uh, I want a good dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and then he actually chimed in on it. Yeah, a good dollar's clutch. Like in the, in the Raptors final, he had, when the Raptors could have clinched in game six, he had that big three, uh, the dagger three. And mm-hmm. yeah, with Clay and Wiseman coming back, I'm just really, you know, worried for the rest of the league. Uh, especially my Lakers. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be pretty rough for them if they, uh, if AD and Russ can't turn it around somehow. Uh, or LeBron going to ship all of them out of there uh, real quick. But that wraps up our Savant Top 10 Power Rankings. So now we're going to go to uh, the biggest surprises of the year. So some of these teams might be in our Top 10s. Some of them might just be out of the Top 10. Uh, but these are going to be good surprises. So teams that have surprised us, you know, in a good way. And then we'll do biggest, you know, surprises, disappointments right after that. But Issue, I'm going to go back to you. So who are your top three biggest surprises in the 2021-22 NBA season so far? Yeah, of course, I had to start this off with the Cavs. Like, just to piggyback on everything I said, like, their potential as a team is just going up. But uh, I just wanted to point out Evan Mobley's potential as a defender and and he's been posting up like crazy. And it's actually, it's wild because if it like, if he could like gain a few pounds, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be able to um, uh, post up even better than he is now, which is actually insane. And just like the fact that him and Jared Allen just work together so well, uh, a center who's averaging 17 points, around 10 rebounds a game. They just work together so well. And I'm getting, I get those Tim Duncan and, and David Robinson vibes from those two, like Twin Towers. Yeah. Like it's just insane. And um, Garland's potential as a as a playmaker is insane as well. It's like I believe he's averaging around seven assists a game, and if he can if he can work on that even more, like his potential as a as a playmaker would be insane. Like I just seen some of the passes he's been making. He just he looks so good. And when he was drafted, I was kind of skeptical on why they would take Garland when they when they had Sexton. But now that I see it, 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 it works together so well, and it gives me those yeah. Um, it gives me those Dame Dame Lillard, uh, CJ McCollum vibes, and that's why I like those two together as well. And I just think that I think I think they're gonna be better than them. Yeah, I think they have the potential to be better than them, uh, better than them definitely. Um, and I just think that they gotta just continue to work on what they've been doing, and so far they'll be good. After that, I got the Chicago Bulls, like pretty much with everything we said with DeMar DeRozan having his best season, Zach Levine and him working together well, which people were obviously skeptical about. Alex Caruso just doing amazing as well. Um, and all and everything that they got going on in Lonzo Ball as well. And after that, I put the Sacramento Kings because like around December, uh, Tyrese Halliburton was actually playing point guard for, I believe, like three games when De'Aaron Fox was out. Mm-hmm. And the potential I've seen for him is actually insane. Like his passing, his potential as a passer as well has been pretty insane. 
And I don't think that he'll ever be a big free throw attempts guy, but I think if he can mold himself to be like a, a Tony Parker with the floaters and et cetera, he, he really has something there. And there. There was actually a lot of people saying that maybe they should trade De'Aaron Fox and stay with Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton because they have something with them. I, I wouldn't trade De'Aaron Fox, mm. but like I, I can see why some people are saying that. Just like Halliburton's potential, um, it's just amazing. I knew that he would turn out this way. And like, I remember when he first got drafted and I was on Twitter and I was basically explaining the Suns should have took Halliburton with that pick rather than taking um, Jalen Smith. And Suns fans went crazy on me in the comment section. He was like, oh, you don't know good basketball. Uh, Jalen Smith is better fit for the team. They already have Chris Paul, et cetera. And it's, it's crazy because if, if, if Tyrese Halliburton was on a team like the Suns, like, they'd probably be like, – it'd be crazy for them. So, like, shout out to those Suns fans. But, you know, that's basically my three teams that's giving me surprises. I just like the Cavs with their potential. The Bulls having an amazing season. Even people wrote them off. Darius Garland's potential as a playmaker, Evan Mobley's potential as a defender, and his post-ups, and if he can gain those pounds, he'd be great. Him and Jared Allen working together so well, and I'm excited to see what Rondo could do for them as well and see what Colin Sexton could do. And for the Kings, man, it's been Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell, I'm sorry, was a big surprise. And yeah, it's like a two-headed coin because not only are the, uh, the Kings surprising me with some things, they're also surprising me with some things that I'm actually like kind of worried about so they're on my surprise teams list for bad as well but I'm awesome so I'll go next here so yeah I got the Cavs as well crazy year like I said you know Garland's playing like a you know franchise you know point guard 19 and 7 this year and yeah he's fourth in defensive uh win shares and I believe yeah Curry's number two or three and then Mobley is actually fifth in defensive win shares which is crazy and yeah me and VZ were talking about this the other day but yeah, the only rookie to make all defensive team is Tim Duncan, and he's going to be number two. Like, no no doubt about it. He's been crazy. Like, I think uh, beginning of the year, like, the through the first 10 games, he had the best, like, uh, rim, you know, uh, percentage, or lowest, I guess, uh, shooting percentage at the rim, at the rim which is uh, for a rookie. And, yeah, I, I knew he had the talent, but we see when young big men's come into the league, like, they do struggle at like even Aiton you know his first year everyone was kind of not saying bust but they were like you know there were some other guys you know past him that they could have taken such as Luca Trey Young so but you know they had you know had they had the pieces and it turned out all right against the Lakers last year so you know it clearly was the the right decision maybe bringing CP3 like kind of brought it all together but yeah super impressed with the way Allen and him been playing on the floor as, you know, we'll get to fantasy. I did trade for Jared Allen uh, earlier this year, and I was worried when Mobley was coming back and that, you know, his you know, fantasy numbers were going to drop, but he's, yeah, he's been, they've been killing it both on the floor, which, which I love. And yeah, with Laurie Markkinen, I was super impressed because I believe his first year in uh, with the Bulls, yeah, they, they, they were, they, you know, saying he's like their, you know, guy to build around and then it kind of didn't work out. You know, his defense isn't the best, but when they have him, you know, Garland, Allen and Mobley on the floor, he's, you know, obviously the fourth ranked defender on the, and Okoro as well. I got to throw out Okoro. He's an amazing defender. So they got some defenders and like, you know, and Mobley can defend every position. That's another thing too. Like, you know, he's crazy. And then, yeah. And Allen's been, you know, amazing. Like they got two like amazing shot blockers, which yeah, like this is, it's a very like retro team per se, as you know, the Suns have kind of built and, you know, even the Bucks to some extent. 
But yeah, super tall lineup, impressed with them. Then obviously the Bulls, you know, I was, yeah, question, you know, questioning those, those big moves and, you know, spending all that money because, you know, they always say like, you know, just spending a bunch of money and free agency doesn't fix all your problems. But yeah, bringing that leadership from DeMar, you know, I, I 100% believe, you know, he's been, you know, helping them uh, off the court, you know, in the in the locker room practice as We've seen, you know, as, you know, me and VZ up in Canada, we've seen the progression over the years from DeMar, which is like, you know, crazy. And it makes you think, like, what if LeBron, you know, in the Eastern Conference, you know, what could happen? Because there was that one year he did start the year, like, I think he was leading, like, he was like 27 in a game. I believe it was like his second last year in Toronto. Uh, and then he kind of, you know, slowed down. And then, yeah, LeBron was just like, Zaddy. he was their daddy every year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and Lonzo, you know, Super impressed with the the way and I the way he's progressed over the years, and yeah, I also love that him and his brother in the same conference. You know, we're gonna you know we've had a lot of great battles so far between them. Obviously, I'm gonna take Lamelo, you know, as the you know franchise guy to build around. And I believe uh, you know the game you were talking about. I believe it maybe, maybe it was against the Pacers, but uh, Chris uh, uh, Durute. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. Uh, the rookie on the Pacer, who's you know, had a pretty good st- oh, Chris Durte, yeah. yeah, had a pretty good start to the year, and he's actually like 24 years old, yeah, like the one of the old, oldest rookies ever, and yeah, he just completely sunned him. The one thing his maturity is definitely lacking, I would say, compared to his you know older brother, as you know, the man played LeBron, and I'm sure like LeBron had to send him straight a few times, but Le- Lonzo's always kind of had that mature mentality, like when his dad was speaking out, you know, he's always kind of very nonchalant about it yeah and caruso as well like they love him there in chicago and yeah yeah he's been amazing defensively i do worry about this team you know going against you know the miami heats of the east even the 76ers you know we'll see what happens what they do with the with ben simmons or if he comes back uh but even the bucks and the nets you know i think they definitely will fall short against them but i can see them you know if they stay in those that those top three seeds definitely winning a playoff series for sure uh, and then I got the Grizzlies. So, you know, building the roster the right way, 100%. Uh, I do worry about Jaws, you know, health concerns as, yeah, uh, issue you've compared him to, you know, and VZ to like a young you know, Derek Rose. And yeah, I really hope, because yeah, even some of those crazy layups he does, the crazy dunks, like he falls like a certain way, you know, it could be really, really hard uh, on his body and yeah, it's crazy Westbrook's been doing this for, you know, a minute and not really gotten injured that much. Uh, other than last year, he was, like, sitting out every other game, I swear. And, yeah, the chemistry with Dylan Brooks, we got to shout out Dylan Brooks, you know, the you know fellow Canadian. But, uh, yeah, I, I will say, like, my one thing, you know, going into the playoffs is, you know, he is small for a two-guard. And, yeah, he's he's got a long wingspan, but... As for, you know, guys, like a lot of guys will shoot over him and, you know, make a lot of shots. But yeah, like I said before, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony uh, Melton, uh, great 3 and D guys, you know, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, shout out to him, uh, BC native. Uh, he's, you know, really good off the bench, uh, but they got a deep team and I will shout out the Kings as well. They would be my kind of hovering number four as since, you know, yeah, the Kings, like, you know, ever since they've fired, you know, Walton. I will say, though, that they weren't even, like, they were doing even better than some of the bad years. Yeah, Marvin Bagley's been getting, you know, some minutes, and, yeah, he's been performing in those minutes. 
And uh, yeah, Terrence uh, Jones, the former Raptor, he's been playing well. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting what they do because I was questioning that Davion Mitchell pick, you know, even though he was like the star of March Madness last year. But, you know, just with his size, and he was the best defender, arguably, coming to the draft. But at the same time, it's hard, you know, with Halliburton, Fox, and then you got Davion Mitchell, who's, you know, he's 6'3", 6'4". You know, he's a small guard as it is. So it's not like they can play him at the three. But uh, so it'll be interesting what they see to do with that, because if they trade Fox, like, they're just, like, throwing away, you know, because they, they just got to make the playoffs, you know, the play-in. You know, because they I think they're one or two games out of the plan uh, spot right now. So, but yeah, the the Kings, you know, just like the Utah Jazz, you're saying they've gone through pretty much every star go all the way going back to, you know, Chris Webber. And, you know, those days and then obviously the DeMarcus Cousins days. And yeah, they really messed that up. And I think firing firing Mike Malone was probably the worst thing they could have done. Yeah, just some dumb decisions by. uh Correct me on the uh, the owner and GM. He Vlad Divac or Vlad a. Div- Vladi Divac's the manager. Yeah, like he's just like questionable, and uh, I don't know why he's still there. There's so many other GMs just getting, and maybe because of his credit in the league and in California, especially um, with his time with the Lakers. But oh yeah, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I'm gonna pass it off to you, VZ. Who are your biggest uh, three surprises of this season? My biggest three surprises, obviously, uh, we're going to toss up the Kings right there. You pretty much, both you and Ishii kind of like uh, went over all that, so I'm not going to go further in detail with that. I just hope it would be nice to see them in uh, playing in a playing tournament, but <clears throat> who knows? It all depends on, um, it's Alvin Gentry, that's the coach now, right? So he has his credentials of being a 50-50 coach. He has some shitty records. He has some great records. Um, however, it all depends on health and how he does his adjustments. So you guys pretty much summarize what I said about the Kings or Shaq says the Queens. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves, man. So we don't talk, we didn't talk about the Timberwolves that much. The Wolves, man, they got a scary big three. They got, well, D, they already got two proven all-stars, D'Lo and, um, Cat. But Edwards is like, honestly, Edwards is my favorite, like young prospect. I'm not even joking. This guy, like, the way he plays, it feels like he's been in the league for, like, seven years. It's ridiculous. Like, I love the way, like, he um, trolls the media. Like, he goes on IG Live. Yeah, he's so mature. So mature, too, for I his know. age. Yeah, he, he, he goes on IG Live after every game. I'm not even joking. And um, he's, he's, he's a cool kid. And you know what? Like, they got, they got, they, the Wolves are going to be a problem. They're, like, two games. Like, for example, the Lakers lose the next two, which is probably possible. They're literally, like, two games away from the eighth spot. And, uh, obviously, if the uh, I believe a healthy, fully healthy Timberwolves is better than the Lakers right now. Well, yeah, they demolished them in that one game earlier this year. Exactly. And I think they won, yes, yeah, they won yesterday's game. I forget who they played. Oh, they played the Clippers. They, played, they beat the shit out of the Clippers at, like, 20 points. And um, the thing is, if Cat, like, I have a love and hate relationship with Cat, of course, he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot of losing family members, especially his mom, to COVID. Um, Minnesota has been in, has gone through a lot, obviously, in last year, obviously, with the George Floyd, uh, all the protests and everything like that. Um, that whole organization has been through a lot. Um, but for them specifically, 
I got them making it in the playoffs, 100%. I think they're going to make it as the eighth seed. Um, the Clippers, it's funny, both LA teams are seventh or eighth. Both LA teams are literally the same record, 50% winning percentage, 1919. So at this point, um, the Timberwolves have the better have a better team. Obviously, both obviously the Clippers aren't fully healthy with uh, with Kawhi being out. Um, but I got them making in 100 percent as eighth seed. Um, D'Angelo obviously shooting percentages aren't the best um, right now, but he's been good. Anthony Edwards doing his thing. Um, obviously, um, what's the other player's name? Pat Bev has been a good asset too. Yeah. Yes, Pat Bev has been crazy. He's he's brought that like leadership that I thought that was lacking with the Wolves for a period of time. Who was it? Who is um? Who's the, who's the co- who's that player that was fucking Scottie Pippen's bitch for one minute? Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley. So Malik Beasley, he was um. He was on uh, Denver, and uh, I remember in the playoffs like. Years back, he was like really good. Yeah, he was, so Malik Beasley was like we hit twenty points per game last season, and obviously him fucking Scotty's bitch, and then now, <laughs> um, he got arrested for like gun possession and shit. So obviously, like the coach is like, "Fuck this shit! You're gonna be sitting on your ass on the bench," because they benched him for Vander. Well, I can't even pronounce this guy's name, but he's a remarkable defender. I forget his name. His last name starts with a V. So Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt, yeah. yeah. So they benched Malik Beasley for him, which was a great decision. So I got Timberwolves at number two. They gonna they gonna blow up, and then number three. What well, was number three? Obviously, um, we got the Cavs, but I'm gonna do a little bit of a I'm gonna do a little bit of a throw in because I like I said, I've been talking to issue about this. Like the Cavs, they have the talent. They have the voice. Like even when I saw the beginning of the season when they got Ricky Rubio, I'm like. That's all they needed. They needed a playmaking guard that can actually feed the ball and the, uh, do the lobs and like facilitate the offense. I'm put the Wizards in there, man. I'm put the Wizards because they're seventh seed and yeah, Kuzma last night like 36 points. 36 points, right? And, yeah. And you know what? They gone better. And it's funny because like we thought about like we would they're, they're seventh seed. We would have thought the Knicks and Atlanta would be with their record right now. They're hundred percent, yeah. Because the Wizards are eighteen and nineteen, so they're hovering at fifty-one percent, roughly. Obviously, the bottom the Knicks and uh, Hawks are actually one game apart, which is pretty funny. But anyways, um, we would figure they would be in the top seven. The reason why I give credits to Wizards because they did they ditched um, Westbrook and they got pieces back. They got Trez. They got you know obviously got Dinwiddie. They they've been doing good, man. Obviously, Bradley Beal having a down year, but they have a good solid bench. So I don't don't be surprised if like you know if if the Celtics don't make the playoffs because they're outside the playoff picture, right? I think they'll pick it up eventually with the health getting in. But I wouldn't be surprised to get the Wizards sneaked in at the eighth seed and with the with the Hornets. So I got them fighting for those three seeds definitely. So those are my three right there. Yeah, I just want to chime in there on the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. As yeah, issue. I remember last year before the draft, before Anthony Edwards was drafted, we were doing that kind of pre-draft, you know, kind of rankings and stuff. And we were talking about because I remember in like an interview, he was like, "I don't even like basketball. <laughs> like, I don't even watch it." And we were like, we were like worried. I remember because actually, uh, he we weren't the only ones. There was a lot of analysts who were like worried that he said that if he's really 
buying in and and we've seen in the past even like an Andrew Wiggins for example we brought up who you know the Timberwolves drafted as well you could see that maybe he didn't buy into you know that market and uh yeah I didn't mention him when bring up the Warriors but yeah shout out to Andrew Wiggins and when I believe they it was like him Cat and Dilo at the beginning of the year they were like it was something like 90% of their points were coming from those guys or maybe even a little bit less but and yeah, he called out the whole team and I thought it was very, very mature of him because it's something Cat hasn't done. And yeah, yeah, Cat Cat has gone through his issues and hundred yeah. percent, but he does need to get off Twitch and uh the streaming. Cause even last night I saw I saw last night he was like talking shit or whatever, and it's like it's again the playoffs and I love how he's been playing, like he's definitely like when he's on, he's a top five big in this league, mm-hmm. you know, talent wise. You know, especially with his, you know, his mid range and his three point ability and passing ability. You know, he's quite athletic. He's a he could quite if he keeps this up with a shooting percentage, he could be one of the best big uh, big shooting bigs of all time. Facts. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Because he's shooting over thirty, the over forty percent from three. Yeah, no, he's it's crazy, and his playmaking ability this year too, and. Yeah, and I've been really impressed with D'Lo, the way he's been. And yeah, his shooting percentages are down, but he's been a good facilitator off of Pat Bev. And, you know, Pat Bev has had that kind of point guard duties quite a bit. Yeah. And, like, near the beginning of the game, then, you know, Edwards will get it. And, yeah, I love the way those guys have been playing. And and then also I just want to highlight the Knicks, because I remember when the Knicks, you know, drafted Toppin and quickly, I remember issue you, yeah. was it a Snapchat of uh, your outside MSG? And you made a comment about quickly. And I think you were probably the first one to be like, yo, we got, we got a good guy in the second round. Yeah. Cause- yeah. 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 That was crazy. <laughs> he was good. He was good for fantasy too. At one point last year. And he's kind of having an off year compared to last year, but obviously they have so many guys to feed on that team. And yeah, shout out to Kemba too. Oh, you know, cardiac Kemba. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so that brings us to biggest disappointments. And uh, yeah, there's been a, quite a few disappointments this year. Uh, I'm going to. Yo, let me start. Yeah, you this. go ahead. Yeah, you go. Let me start with this. These bullets are about to fucking fly. I'm going to go, you know, I'm straight to the dome. The Blazers. Man, what the fuck is y'all doing, man? I'm not even joking. Your backcourt. Like, my dick is probably bigger than the fucking backcourt itself. That's how fucking small your backcourt is. How fucking, how do you expect to win a championship caliber team when your backcourt can't defend? You can't, like, if one of them has an off game, you expect the other one to fucking carry? No. I don't remember any time in my basketball watching years a backcourt that can't defend has won a title. I, I don't recall that shit. I don't recall that. Dame, I love Dame. But Dame, you got... That's one superstar. Um, if you request a trade or force his way out, I'm not going to be mad about. I won't be mad at Dame. I'll, be like, I'll give him a round of applause. Hell, I'll fucking literally just fly to Portland and just fucking hand out like a fucking rose to him like when he drives away. I don't know. But like, Portland needs to figure their shit out. I don't understand what pieces they have. Like... Can you believe that 30, what, 36, 35 year old Carmelo Anthony, when he was on the team, he was your third leading scorer <laughs> on a fringe playoff team. And he was your more, he was probably your second most clutch. Like, you know, obviously we're not comparing Le- LeBron to uh, Anthony and LeBron, but like 
you can't have Valentinian's year like that was your like last year was their best year to compare to the, like lot not best year but they did better last year and Anthony was the third leading scorer but the pieces around them are just confusing like I get like getting Robert Covington. Like I was talking to Noah about this. Like Robert Covington, I've always been a big fan of him. Like when he was a fit with like with Philly, and when he was like a bench warmer at the Rockets. Like you know, he has the leg. He reminds me like the build that he has reminds me of myself. Like you know, we're both. Yeah, he was center quite a few games for Rockets too. I remember exactly. So no, even when he because he was drafted with the Rockets, so he was a bench warmer for them, and they got traded to Philly. I always admire, I always, not admire, I always liked Robert Covington because he reminded me of myself. We're both skinny, not skinny, but like we're both have like length in our arms and we're both physically active. And we just like, even though, even um, I follow this IG account, NBA Fits, and he always has great style. So some of my style is mirrored by him just because of like our body types. Obviously, I have a bigger chest and a little bit, I might be a little bit bigger him physically. But how the hell is your starting four? Averaging, because he was a starting four, averaging four and five, shooting below thirty percent both categories. Like, what the fuck is that? You're supposed to be calling yourself a three and D, more like three and dick at that point. So, and then I'm just like, Larry Nats was like a low key good move, but then it's just like, why, you know? So I think at this point, um, you know, Chauncey, that I love Chauncey both as a player, as a leader, and everything like that. I think it was a decent hiring. It's just that if you can't have Chauncey Billups as like your cha- as your uh, championship caliber coach, he's better off like as a fringe playoff or a playoff caliber team. Like put him on the Pacers, which I'll get to that in a second here. Put him on the Pacers and you're good. They should have flipped the switch. Chauncey should have went to the Pacers and then Rick Hollis should have went to the Blazers. That's what I think would have should have helped. But yeah, I don't know. I do think the future of Dame and the, the backcourt of Damian Lillard, CJ, over and dealt with. Um, they've been, what, uh, CJ's been the starting two for like four years, um, ever since Wesley Matthews left. And you know what? It's just like, it's run its course. And I love Dame. Dame is one of my favorite basketball players. Like, just his killer mentality. Like, fuck. Like, I still get chills when he hit the game one over PG. Um, even over, uh, fucking what? What's that? Chandler Parsons. Yeah, that busty ass motherfucker. Yeah, so that like, you know what? I I give that's my number one right there. Number two, I'm gonna have to go with the Pacers, man. Like these motherfuckers is fourteen and twenty three. How the fuck is that even happening? You got Rick Carlisle, who's arguably like he's like he's always been a like. Top five coach in NBA, top 10. He's highly respected, except for like, Rondo called him out some bullshit. But, you know, at that point, it's just like, you have the talent. They didn't have the talent on the roster. You had fucking Malcolm Brogdon, who is in the right, if the talent's right in him, right there, he's your versatile guard. Score, facilitate, defend, shoot like the lights out. And I don't know what his stats are, but I think he's having a decent year and he's not injured as much. I think the the Twin Tower tandem between DeMontis and Turner needs to go. Um, I think DeMontis is good as a center. I don't, like, as much I love Turner. He's, like, he's leading the league in blocks right now, actually. I'm shocked he never got all defensive recognition by that. So, you know, and he's, he's, he's a good guy. Like, a team like, let's say, the Warriors, the Mavericks, Clippers, like, teams like that, 
if they need a center, that's who they, they would target, a guy that's a rim runner and a shot blocker that can defend really well. And obviously, you have, uh, I think it was Justin Holiday. And, you know, Justin Holiday, like I said, something about the Holiday brothers and their bloodline, all these motherfuckers can defend. I'm not even joking. Like, I was watching the game with my girl, and um, this is when Aaron and Drew were on the Pacers, and they were playing, um, I think they were playing the Pelicans. And then I was like, yo, like, those two dark-skinned motherfuckers there, those three guys right there, those motherfuckers are like, they can defend, like, no tomorrow. Like, it, it, it's something in the bloodline, but that's the Pacers. They're my number two. Number three, I'm going to have to go with the Lakers. Like, in no particular order right now, I would have to shuffle the Lakers at number two. And then um, let's put, um, excuse me, Pacers at number three. So number two, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I posted a video today on my Instagram of Shannon Sharp of a Wessel Westbrook. And it was the funniest shit ever. I think that, I don't know if y'all haven't checked that. Go on my IG right now. Look at the story. It, it was so funny. So West, Westbrook, I knew this is not going to work, but I didn't expect the Lakers to be this bad. I would figure maybe a top five seed or something like that. But, um, it, let's just say the the the, the experiment between uh, the Westbrook and Lakers is a disaster. Shannon Sharp, the Uncle Sharp is what I like to call him. Unc was pretty much saying like, you know, Westbrook, you know, he's like that rival schoolgirl, you know, that hot girl from the other school you're trying to holla. You want that on the side, you know what I'm saying? You want that. So then he was kind of like explaining like how Westbrook, from the perception of other executives and other players, like, oh, that guy rebounds hard. That guy works for he works hard on the court. And then, you know, when you cuff the girl, when you like when you bring Westbrook in and you cuff that chick, you steal the girl from your the other boy. It's like, oh shit, this this bitch got a whole baggage for herself. You know what I'm saying? Like he has a low playmaking IQ. He's not really he, he did it like his thought he was something that he wasn't. Let's put it that way. Right? Honestly, I've seen Westbrook play. The more I realize, out of all the point guards in the league, Westbrook doesn't really that, his handles are not that great. Am I right? You know, I never you never seen. I've always seen like you know the Rondos, like I'm talking about their age group, like the Rondos, the Chris Pauls, the the Derrick Rose, Darren Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole like generational point guard, they have great handles, and Westbrook is just like when I see him dribble the ball, it, it's like. It's like two. It's like watching somebody playing two K. It bounces off his foot and then fucking causes a turnover. And you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's like the Westbrook tandem. It just doesn't work. And at that point, you know what do you do from there, right? Like his contract is atrocious. So that's one thing with the Lakers. Number two is that AD. AD. I need. I don't even know where AD. Like I have a love and really hate relationship. With him. I'm calling him Anthony Day to Day Davis because you never know when this motherfucker is gonna be playing or not. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, it's like, you know, at this point, it's just like, I don't see the drive that I saw him when he was with the Pelicans. Does he like, does he have that motivation still now he's got a chip and everything like that? I don't know. But there's one positive thing I say about the Lakers. Malik Monk has been really good for the last couple of games. I just picked him up in my fantasy, which I'll talk about in a second. But he's been, he, he like with him in the, in the, in the starting lineup, uh, instead of Bradley and Talon, it, it's been huge. He's like, all he has to do is shoot buckets. But 
Those are my three teams, man. And you know what? I believe the only team that can turn it around quickly. <laughs> actually, I don't. I don't really doubt this. I actually highly doubt this. The Lakers. It would be the Lakers if they fucking figure something out. Like you know, LeBron does let GM do his thing like he did a Rondo. Uh, maybe they could turn some out and and be a top five C, but I highly doubt it's a competitive West. So that's my three piece right there regarding the shittiest teams in the in the NBA. Oh, not shittiest teams, just more like what the fuck moments. So yeah. Awesome. So I'll go next. So yeah, just like I mean, pretty much the same list as uh, Arison here. So yeah, Portland. You know, obviously, I'd love for Dame to stay, and you know, Portland fans out there listening, yeah, we. We'd want Dame to stay. Like the loyalty that he has, like you know, it's it's so few in the league. You know, today right now. But uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I have down here, like you know, trade for Simmons. And yeah, it's funny you tweeted this last night, VZ. But you know, and for Neen Simmons. So now they should trade Simmons for Simmons. Yeah. And obviously CJ as well uh, would have probably have to go. But I mean, if they could package, you know, Simmons. A bunch of other players and then some picks if they can keep CJ. I think that would be the best, you know, decision to make. But yeah, he dropped 43 last night, you know, with them both out. You know, obviously he had the talent in that uh, dunk contest. So he has the talent, but yeah, we're not, he's not no big, this on no big three now in uh, Portland. We got to pump the brakes on that. Yeah, but, hell no. Yeah, and I, I was talking to VZ about this, you know, off the pod, but just, you know, with, with Chauncey coming in and all the, you know, interest he's gone from other teams even gm positions it's just like it's hard for me to see like how bad they're doing and the fact that you know jay kid it took so long for him to get another job the mavericks started kind of slow but they're picking it up he's kind of figured it out you know for kp although Doncic's not on the floor with him right now but i love this you know renaissance for kp as you know when he was in new york he was one of the most exciting players to watch for sure yeah and yeah i'm just not too sure if he's gonna be the right guy and yeah, I mean, I can't see them. I think they'll definitely trade Dane before they fire the coach again. Like, there's no way he can get another coach in here. But, yeah, it's going to be, hey, maybe LeBron can uh, pull a little Le GM for Dame. But uh, there's no way they're training him in the conference, I don't think. No, I think it's going to be Eastern. Yeah, definitely Eastern if they do trade him. Uh, but that brings me to the Lakers. So, yeah, LeBron, yeah, he's not a disappointment maybe even a surprise as yeah like we we've talked about with Tom Brady you should never be surprised and never bet against him but same thing goes for LeBron and a tweet was surfacing about a few weeks ago and it was like LeBron hit 30 and this guy tweeted like oh finally we can see this guy regress and everyone was just clowning everyone was retweeting it and (laughs) clowning the guy and I don't know how much time these people on Twitter have to go back to what like was that 2010 2011 like goddamn that's or actually, it might have been 2013. Unless you, unless you Google search it. That too as well. If you actually, if I think like if you just search on Twitter, you could probably find it. But uh, yeah, yeah, the chemistry is just off with this team. Like I saw this crazy stat, like when he was 17, he was averaging, you know, 27 a game, 27 averaging 27 a game. And then now he's 37 averaging 27 a game. That, that's crazy. And yeah, it's just not working with Westbrook, you know, I've suggested from the beginning he should come off the bench. Yeah. But yeah, but maybe he's just like, he's going to play bad with all the bench guys. And because he's had some awful turnovers every game. And he's gotten the turnovers down a bit. Like he was like nine a game at the beginning of the year. He's kind of put down pretty good. But uh, 
yeah, not good. And then, yeah, yeah even Melo, you know, obviously they're not going to get rid of Melo because, you know, I just can't see, you know, Braun doing that. Although they did get rid of Dwayne Wade in that Cleveland year. That was, let's forget about that. Yeah, that was, that was just an atrocious year. Melo's been good, man. Yeah. Like he's been good at the Lakers. Yes, you know, he's probably, I think he's like top three in odds for, you know, six man of the year. You know, I think Tyler Harris will win that. Yeah. Um, definitely, but. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like, and uh, shout out to Malik Monk, although he was like, you know, going on Twitter. And I think that's the, if you want to get traded from LeBron, you go on Twitter and complain. So, but at least he's balling out now. He had that crazy dunk the other game. Ooh. And uh, yeah, because he, he was a, you know, stud at uh, Kentucky with Darren Fox. So we'll see what happens. I think they can turn it around because they don't want to be in that plan thing again. Like definitely not against some of these younger teams, deeper teams for sure. And then let's get to the Pacers. So, yeah, the Pacers, man. And the game right now, so they're, half, they're tied with the Knicks right now. But this just shows you, like, and uh, you'll find this funny, Harrison, but I've never even heard of this guy in my life. Kiefer Sykes. <laughs> so he's got no, no T in his name, but uh, Kiefer is, uh, yeah, shout out to Kiefer if he's listening. But uh, Sykes, that's <laughs> so funny, like, you know, obviously I go by Sykes Savant, but um, he's leading the team in scoring, and, like, Sabonis... Like Sabonis, Turner, Holiday, uh, Brogdon's not playing currently right now, and they got Lance Stevenson out here playing. He's got eight. Oh yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Like a big throwback, and that reminds me of all the big throwbacks you know we've had so far this year, namely you know Greg Monroe, Brandon Knight, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Like yeah, shout out to and if there was any good thing to come out of this COVID, and you know luck, luckily you know the Omicron variant is not as serious, so. But to, you know the <laughs> but to have these guys come what's it the big three league come pretty much and like you know play play pretty well like i think uh, brandon knight he dropped like 18 points in like 16 minutes uh for the mavericks off the bench which is yeah pretty good uh for him he's had a he's been on the uh the end of some crazy posters or on some posters i should say you know but uh yeah big disappointment i like they were even i saw rumors that you know sabonis brogdon or turner Will be moved. Like you just gotta move Turner. Like he's he's been having he's improved every single year. And all the way back to when we were watching that game at Browns. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was his rookie or second year. Yeah. But uh yeah, he came out came out of Texas, like it was just a rim protector. He's shooting threes now. I think he had one game where he had six threes or seven threes. Yeah. You know, but it's just not working out. Like and Sabonis is uh one of the most talented big men too in the league, as you know, he's got the genes for it as his dad, you know, was a great, you know, passer. But yeah, everyone says he's like one of the strongest players in the league too. But yeah, I'm just shocked that this is going on with Rick Carlisle. And that's a good point because Rick Carlisle definitely should have gone to Portland, but I believe he's from Indiana. That's true. Um, that's, you know, mainly why he left, you know, Dallas for that. Yeah. And there wasn't anything he could do with Dallas anymore. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up my three disappointing teams. But uh, I'm going to pass it off to you, Issue. Uh, so who are your most uh, defend- or, uh, disappointing teams so far this year? Yeah, for number one, I definitely got to point out the Portland Trailblazers. And pretty much like everything you guys said, um, like their defensive issues with the two small guys in their backcourt, it's just been like uh, detrimental to their progress in the league. And I think that I wouldn't trade Dame unless he wants out. If Dame Dame Lillard does once out of Portland, like I wouldn't even be mad at him, and I would totally understand why. But his loyalty is is just amazing. I think we got to give him his respect for that. Mm-hmm. I, I could see a world and maybe where they trade CJ and take more of a and take uh and get in like a versatile uh defender and uh take a dip on offense 
Because that could work for them. I could see them using someone like a Harrison Barnes or Marcus Morris that, that could potentially help them. And funny enough, I believe Marcus Morris was like previously on the team, which is actually insane. But um, yeah, just like the Portland Trailblazers just been disappointed for me and maybe they could turn it around. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like Dame Lillard's prime seasons are being wasted on a team and he just doesn't have enough talent around him to win. And I know he wants so much, but it just may not be Portland uh, where he can win at. Uh, next up, I got the Pacers, like pretty much like everything we already said. I feel like they need a playmaker to take the pressure off of Brogdon because he's more of a combo guard, like the Jordan Clarkson school of being a combo guard. And they could use a, another playmaker to like take the pressure off of him. Uh, uh, Karis Levert just hasn't been, you know, as good or anything. And I think though that injury that he he suffered last season is definitely uh, taking a toll on him, etc. And they could use someone like Kyle Anderson, not specifically him, because I, I definitely don't see the Memphis Grizzlies trading Kyle Anderson with how good things have been going in Memphis. And it's like with the Turner and Sabonis situation, if they trade Turner, it's like a big loss on the defensive side of the ball. But if they do trace a bonus, they kind of use mm-hmm. that flair and that offensive job that they have. And, you know, one of my questions is, like, can T.J. Warren step up and be that guy for them to move forward? But I guess we'll have to find out later this season. And next, I have the Sacramento Kings. Like I said, it's a double-headed coin. Like, it's like um, they surprised me with some good things, but they also surprised me with some, some, some things I'm worried about. Alvin Gentry is, eh, he's not, not as good. He's not as good as, as you know. He's always, like we said, he's always been a 50-50 coach. You know, Avalon Gentry is mess, so I don't think that maybe he can lead this team. But I guess for what it's worth, he's doing a better job than Luke Walton, I guess. I wouldn't trade De'Aaron Fox. There's a lot of people saying that, oh, trade De'Aaron Fox. I still wouldn't trade him, like I said earlier. Buddy Hill has his inconsistencies, and it's like he'll have three games where he looks like the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA. And then he'll have his next three games where he's just, like, missing shots and taking ill-advised shots, and that hurts them. I just wanted to point out Harrison Barnes as well is that he's pushing 30 and he's like at his peak trade value. So maybe it'll be hard for them to get some player for him in return. And they could also use a Ben Simmons type player, but what trade could they possibly do for Ben Simmons? I don't really know. And Halliburton, Davion Mitchell show promise, but there's a lot of concerns with the team. Uh, but those are my uh, three disappointed teams in the NBA season. Yeah, that wraps up our kind of talk for the season. We're going to get into our fantasy team's uh, so I'm going to start with UVZ, and I believe you're on ESPN uh, in a big 16-man league. But uh, yeah, just run through your team uh, right now and how you're doing so far this season. My team name is All the Smoke. You already know. Pretty much sums me as a care as a, as my personality right there. Uh, um, so right now, my roster, I have LeBron James. I got Malik Monk. I got Harrison Barnes. Actually, like I just said, I, play, I picked up Monk yesterday. Uh, I got Barnes, I got KD, I got Valanchunas, I got Gordon Hayward, I got more, um, Markeith Morris, uh, Marcus Morris, excuse me, Marcus Morris, Drew Holiday, uh, John Collins, Powell, Luca Dort, Patty, um, I got DeAndre Ayton, and um, uh, I picked up Monte Morris. So I'm the youngest one in the whole league. Everybody's just like my brother's friends from high school. So I'm playing with a bunch of 40-year-old dudes. and um, they were picking up all these guys, this and that. And it was my turn. I'm like, yo, motherfuckers, like KD on? Are you kidding me? Like, let me tell you what pick I picked KD at. I picked KD 11th overall. 11th overall. It's like, you fuckers is crazy. I'm going to get this because he's fully healthy. 
And I have a feeling he's like he's he's just gonna have a sniper sniper drone season. So man, who took right Dame behind? over KD? Like that's some crazy crap. Yo. That's some bullshit. So, anyways, um, my fantasy team—I was on a roll. Like I was winning four in a row. As soon as COVID hit, everybody's like, out, 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 out. Fuck. At one point, I had, actually, you know, I had Spencer Dinwiddie at the beginning of my fantasy, but I dropped him for, um, I forget who I dropped him for. But anyways, he was like, he was struggling really hard with the Wizards at one point. Like, it was like single-handed scoring. Like, it was bad. I was like, fuck this shit. So I dropped him. Somebody picked him up. I didn't, I don't regret dropping him at this point. So, oh, I dropped him for, um, I dropped him for Powell, which was, uh, I don't know, it's 50-50 right there, because they're averaging the same numbers, roughly. Um, but anyways, points-wise, so my league, I've, I was on a three-game losing streak. It was bad. Like, right now, my record, I think I'm 5-5 five, five or 6-5. I am 5-6 right now, so... I reckon right now it's not the best, but if I have a fully healthy team, I'm I'm set. Like I was on a roll. I was undefeated at one point until this fucking the COVID shit happened. I picked up recently. I picked up uh, like I said Malik Monk, who's just been crazy um, over the last couple games. Um, right now my injured list I have DeAndre Ian who's injured and Monty Morris. So we have two injured slots on there now. Once those guys end up coming back, I'll have to decide who I keep or drop. But I also picked up Marcus Morris as well. He's been, ever since PG went down with the elbow surgery, he's took an offensive load. So yeah, I picked him up. And then while he was out on COVID, so while he was out on COVID and PG announced he was uh, had some elbow issues, I picked up Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann was a low-key solid pickup because at the end of the day, my, deep, my, my team, it's really like, it doesn't focus on just points. It's all about like shooting percentages, defensive possessions, rebounds. It's a really deep league like that. So um, my fantasy team, my fantasy team could be better. It's just a matter of fact that they could stay healthy. Because right now, if I have LeBron and KD playing in one night, I'll likely know I'm gonna win. Like it's, that's that's it's a fact. Like that those those guys could give me 200 points a night if they go off for one night. So the opponent I I was playing. His whole, all his guys were on COVID protocols. So I'm like whooping his ass by like 500 to like 14 right now. So COVID played a huge thing in our league, but otherwise it's, it's dope. We have money involved in there. Um, It's $50 to just get in the pot. So if you do the math, right, some big money in there, right? But no, it's where we're at right now. So I'm just waiting and seeing uh, when uh, hopefully I get a win streak going on right now. Damn, that's a huge pot. And uh, yeah, me and Issues League, we only did 20. But uh, yeah, so I'll just quickly run through our league. So I'm I'm the commissioner. Our league's called Game of Fantasies. My team is You All Know Nothing, uh, reminiscent of Jon Snow. But uh, yeah, so I, I made two trades. I'll just go through those quickly and then go through what my team is right now. So originally had, I drafted, you know, Booker, uh, JV, and, you know, Clay Thompson, a big Clay Thompson fan. But and then I, so this is definitely a trade I lost. I, you know, I traded those three for Westbrook, 
RJ Barrett when he was doing a lot better this year. And he's actually, he's gone up. I drafted Barrett. Yeah, too. he, I drafted, I dropped him. Today he had like 30 fantasy points at the half. So, which is, which is a good sign. Uh, Cause he's had some bad games. Like I, the other game, he had 24 at the half and ended with 27. Like I was so pissed. What the fuck is that? But yeah, so Westbrook, Barrett and Westbrook's been, you know, he's 40 points a game. Definitely. And yeah, I thought Zion was coming back, so I thought JV was going to drop, but he hasn't yet. So JV's been still up there, Ooh, and then JV's been huge. Yeah, and and now Clay's coming back because I also traded for Jonathan Isaac because I thought he was going to come back before Clay, and he's still not coming back. Yeah, Mobamba. No, I don't. I don't have, but I I have Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac as my reserves right now. Mm. So I'm hoping you know maybe they come back and could do something, but we'll see. And then the other big trade I made, so this was a big blockbuster. So I traded. Cat and Sabonis for Jared Allen, Jalen Brown, and DeJounte Murray. And yeah, definitely won that trade because, yeah, Jalen Brown. Oh, you won that with trade. He's been, you know, he had 70 point fantasy points the other day, but Oof. he's been really improving since, you know, had those big injuries. And then Jared Allen averaging 40 a game since I got him. DeJounte Murray, like 45. So definitely won that trade. But I made that trade. And if you're wondering, oh, you ripped that guy off, but. DeJounte, this is his first year over 40 points fantasy. And Cat and Sabonis have been the last three years, 45 a game. So it's like, you know, I'm trading away the experience, you know, guys who, and a few years ago, you know, Cat was at 50 a game. Sabonis was at like 46, 47. Yeah. So those are like big assets. And I just had way too many centers. Like at one point I had JV, Cat, and Sabonis. And JV had to be my flex because, you know, he's just a center. And uh, so now I just have uh, KP, but yeah, I'll go through my Ringel roster. So me and Issue are tied right now at six and five. So we have 10 teams, top six make the playoffs. I believe Issue, you're six, I'm fourth, but I have like, you know, the points four. Uh, but my guards, I got RJ Barrett, Tyler Harrow has been having a great year. Uh, drafted Schroeder really late in the game. And, you know, he's been really good when, you know, Brown's been out. He's been helping me. Uh, Russell Westbrook, like I said, I drafted Kuzma, like my second last pick. You know, he's been... Yeah, last few games, he's averaging you know 30 points. Uh, but then Porzingis had a really bounce back year. I drafted him a little bit early because the first like week he got injured and I was like pretty worried. But yeah, he's been balling out since Doncic's been out. And then just picked up uh, Franz Wagner, uh, the rookie on the Magic. He's been you know yeah. playing pretty well with all their injuries they have. And then Jared Allen, like I said, I got, uh, what's his name? Uh, Derek White. So, you know, this is before I had DeJounte. DeJounte has, like, COVID, and he's just recovering, you know, conditioning-wise. I was going to cut – sorry, I don't want to cut you off there. Yeah, no worries. DeJounte is years so far. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like, Pop has really developed this guy, and – yeah, and Derek White's having a really bounce back year too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, yeah, and they've had great chemistry together. I just, like, I just hope, like, if they were – DeJounte, like, if he was in the bigger market right now, it would be up there with the point guards, right? So I figure I'd just say that. Facts. He would. 100%. Yeah. And then uh, I also got Monte Morris as well. I picked him up just like you. Uh, and he's been he's been great with, you know, all their injuries that they've had. And uh, D'Angelo Russell has been a big surprise for me. He's having his best year fantasy-wise. And even, like, fantasy-wise, not obviously shooting percentage, but his numbers for assists and points are, like, you know, pretty up there. Maybe for the Brooklyn year, he was a little bit better. Yeah. Like the number one option. Yeah. And then uh, I got Cam Reddish, who, you know, who's he's been balling out because everyone had COVID on that team. Uh, and then, like I said, Markel yeah. Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, who I hope, like Markel Fultz, they say every week he's coming back. 
and then then they delay it again. But uh, but he's practicing with the team, so that's a good sign. As I was really impressed how he was playing last year, yeah, uh, with that team, and you know had that you know tough injury as he was having a career you know twenty games or whatever uh, that he played and got injured. But uh, yeah, issue. I'm gonna pass it off to you as uh, you got some big monsters on the at the top of your team for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. My team got that like that defensive that punched. Uh, one thing I just wanted to point out is that I don't make a lot of trades in fantasy. Like, like skeptical of every trade because I don't want to. Like, I don't know. I, I happen to have bad luck, like in fan in fantasy sports in general. But um, mm. just to give a rundown of my team for my guards, I got Miles Bridges, Seth Curry, Drew Holiday, Chris Paul. For my forwards, I got Giannis, Miles Bridges, Keldon Johnson, Lowry Markinen. Uh, for my bigs, I only think I got like Rudy Gobert and Mitchell Robinson. But I also have. Jimmy Butler, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Cade Cunningham, Joe Ingles, and I'm waiting for James Wiseman to be healthy so I can see how he performs in my league. But I'm actually six and five, rank six. So um hopefully, you know, for the rest of this sports uh fantasy sports season, I'm sorry I'm able to, you know, compete with those uh top top no, actually those top three teams, Stikes being in the top three as well. And just to continue to build on what I got, but like the COVID protocols are definitely taking a toll on my team. But uh, I think that we'll be able to perform well in the upcoming week. That's kind of my fam- uh, fantasy team. My name is uh, Papa Yan. But, uh, yeah, that's just that's just the rundown of my fantasy team for the NBA season so far. Like, I will be making some trades. I just, just waiting. Just waiting for the right opportunity, though. Awesome. So that basically wraps up our NBA podcast. Uh, the three of us will be back soon uh, to talk about. We're going to do uh, – uh, VZ had this idea. We're going to do a – uh, rap all star team, first team, second team, separate offense and defense. We might do kind of some maybe 90s inspired rappers, you know, those typical MCs, yeah. uh, talent wise, and then maybe, you know, add in some pop rap, uh, all star lineups. But super stoked for that. And then we're also going to talk about on that episode the Kanye and Drake uh, concert, which was uh, a big moment in history, uh, one of the greatest concerts probably I've ever seen. And uh, we'll we'll save that for that episode. But uh, VZ, thank you so much for being on, man. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, glad that the three of us could finally talk uh, basketball. As it's uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's been thirty five episodes. It's all good, pleasure. But uh, yeah, we'll you'll be back soon, and then hopefully get you for another discography review. Yeah, uh, in the new future. Yes, uh, I think we'll do Biggie. Uh, we were talking about, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be super fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and then where can they find you on IG, VZ? Uh, you can find me on IG at, at A, B as in Victor, E as in Echo, E as in Echo again, Z as in Zebra, Y as in U, three at, at, at not, uh, not hotmail.com, but it's my IG handle, A, B, Z, three. And uh, Twitter is the same as well, or is it Air VZ? Uh, on Twitter, it's Air VZ, three. And uh, my Twitter name is Iceberg Slim. You already know. Awesome. And uh, any last thoughts from you, Issue? Uh, yeah, they can follow me at uh, issue underscore high on Instagram and Twitter and Iceberg Slim, uh, my new song coming out January 8th. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon.